Marissa Khalid Crow, absolute pleasure talking to Marissa, LPGA National Teacher of the Year 21. 2019, 2020, Northeast Tech uh, Section uh, Teacher of the Year. Uh, terrific golfer. She's from my home state of Connecticut. She's at Lyman Orchards. She's the head teaching pro there. She primarily teaches about 95% of her students are women. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I've known her from afar for a while. What she's done with the program there is absolutely incredible. Uh, maybe the best in the country, uh, certainly by the numbers. Uh, absolutely, what she's done there is absolutely incredible. Uh, I talk about what I loved. I love to talk about golf. I'm an avid golfer. Everybody needs help in it. Common misconceptions. You know, those that have, you know, like a, a athletic background that try to move into golf, we think it's going to be easy. Uh, it's not. You're constantly learning. Uh, we talk about breathing and yoga. She actually teaches yoga in the last three or four years to a lot of her students to help them breathe. And I, and I notice myself breathing differently, even as I say this, but Marissa is really cool. I ask what's, you know, what do you look for an instructor? You know, the personalities have to mesh, you know, you have to be comfortable with them. You have to, uh, you know, want to get better at golf. All too often we see golfers go into golf and start and go at it, go at it, go at it, and then get some instruction, you know, get instruction first, you know, get, get some foundation, get some basics down. But she is absolutely really, really delightful, really great teacher, superhuman, uh, in, in, you know, individual, uh, you know, lover to death. Her website, by the way, Marissa golf movement, Com. I forget to ask her at the end, uh, but I'll put it all in the show notes. Uh, Instagram, same thing, Marissa Golf Movement. But uh, you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Marissa Khalid Crow. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Joey Pins. People ask me, how did I lose 130 pounds? The quick answer is always discipline. I started my business, wasn't paying attention to my health. I was eating too much, you know, drinking too much sweets. My daughter was born. Next thing I know, I'm pre-diabetic, I have hypertension. I knew something had to change. Discipline. I, like many of you, have faced many challenges in your career, in your family, in your life, in your faith. How did you attack them? How did you approach them? How did you solve them, hopefully? It all had to have some degree of discipline. I'm also asked, how did you found and start a tech business that lasted over 25 years? Discipline. I was committed to it, enjoyed technology, didn't enjoy some aspects of it, but knew it was necessary. Discipline. Our podcast mission, how do we use discipline to better ourselves and society? Join me, please, as I talk to interesting people and discuss how they use discipline in their family and their passion and their careers and how it helped them. Our podcast vision, growth through learning from others. Joey Pins Discipline Conversations. It'll be light and serious. Join us, please. Thank you for consideration. Uh, Marissa, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. How is the state of golf right now, in your opinion? That's a deep question. <laughs> 
right there. <laughs> Cut right to the chase. Um, I think we're doing great. <laughs> um, especially since COVID. I mean, golf is like number one. Um, the pandemic sparked the industry. And it's insane. We're so busy. There's not enough product. Everything's back ordered. There's not enough instructors. Um, it's it's all good. It's great. Lots lots of new golfers. We're we're growing the game. Um, yeah. Definitely, you know, uh, more people are playing golf than ever. The people watching it are way down. But um, still, the the people playing it, my goodness, like you said, all the clubs are booked up. There's waiting lines now in, in, on private courses. I've, I, see, I see people, uh, you know, that I've never seen before. I mean, it's just, it's amazing that how the pandemic, all through the pandemic, I played because it was outdoor and it was fine and just people came yeah. out. Yeah. I, I, it was beneficial for mm-hmm. everyone. Absolutely. It's a great, great. Story. It is. It took a pandemic to get more people to to play and and take lessons and check it check it out. You're outside. You're getting all that vitamin E from the sun. You know, you're. Ex- I mean, I like to walk. Uh, you know, some. You know, a lot of people take carts, but at least you're outside. You're walking, uh, and uh, and so you. So you're essentially a teacher now. You're a great teacher. I mean, you're awards. My goodness, uh, but. And you're there at Lyman Orchards in uh, Middlefield, Middle, uh, Middlefield, Connecticut. Uh, and like you said, we're low on instructors as well. I mean, how can you tell when you've got a good instructor? <laughs> um, it's all about personality, number one. I mean, I think every, there are a lot of great instructors that know their their craft, they, they're very technical, tech savvy, maybe. Um, but if they're not a people person, I mean, that, that's my number one that, you know, if you, you need to connect with the person, I think that's why I'm successful. Cause I'm a people person. I just love to have fun. I like to laugh and yeah, you need to be able to connect. And, and I think, yeah, personality is number one. <laughs> I think often when, and you do such a great job. You, I was watching some of your videos on YouTube and, you know, you're so patient and you're just like, you know, and you're doing the exercises and you've got, you know, you're, 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 you're showing how, uh, you know, uneven, uneven lie. And, you know, you're going through everything and you've got that smile and you're patient and everybody that I know that I've, I've taken lessons from you always, always praise you. And it, it's, uh, and of course, like I mentioned, your awards, uh, you know, uh, you're very humble, but 2021 LPGA National Teacher of the Year, 19 and 20, Northeast Section uh, 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 Teacher of the Year. It's just absolutely incredible. So when, so the common mistake I see is that people just go out and start playing and then they develop all these bad habits and then they try to get instruction and they take one lesson and they don't think it's good enough and there's all this frustration that occurs. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Wrong. Path. Yes. Yes. And I mean, golf is hard, right? It's not like any other sport. So I think people that have played other sports, they come thinking, Oh, I got this. And, um, and it's very humbling. Um, but 
yeah, it's just, yeah, you got to be realistic. <laughs> um, but I mean, the, all the, all the students that I teach, um, I mean, number one is just making them feel comfortable, giving them the confidence that, you know, it, it's a process. It's step by step. You can't, you're not going to get it like that. I mean, I'm still trying to master it. <laughs> I don't think you ever master this sport, but we're all just looking for consistency. And if we, you know, if we can hit some good shots, we're happy. <laughs> oftentimes I see some, uh, not often, but there are times where instructors, you talk about making that personal connection. They're starting to use language that's very hard for the student to understand because there's so many terms for what we do. I'll just give one example. My instructor here, uh, you know, I was not kind of hitting down on the ball. And so I used the word cover. I said, I've got to cover it more. And she said, oh, I've heard that term before, but not a lot of people are comfortable with that. So let's just talk about the actual terms. I just see even the videos where you, you watch on you know, TikTok or YouTube, sometimes they're using the, the vernacular. It's just very confusing to the, to the kind of layman. Yeah. And I, YouTube is great. I mean, but not so great. I have students coming up to me. Well, I learned this on YouTube. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. because people, they'll misinterpret it so many times. And maybe not the, the tips that they're looking at may not even apply to them. Um, but that, I think that's another reason why I'm successful with my new golfers is because I, I really keep it super duper simple. I use silly acronyms. I use phrases. So, it, you know, it helps them retain the information and it's, you know, it's easy to understand. Um, do you want to hear one? I do. I, was, I wrote it down. <laughs> I want to hear a silly and acronym. Yes, please. I have a couple. Um, I shouldn't be telling you because then I'm kind of telling my secrets, but (laughs) Um, for teaching the full swing, I say, all right, three little words that outline their checkpoints for the full swing. They are toe, T, toe. And I'll have them repeat toe, T, toe. And I said, it rhymes with mojito. Coquito, Dorito, Tostito, Cranberry and Tito's. Of course, I get lots of laughs, but then I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And I tell them the first toe is the club face, the what's the toe of the club head and where that should be going in the backswing. It should be facing up towards the sky. And then they should pop the T out to help them hit down. And then the last toe is their back toe to pivot. So it's like, okay, toe, T, toe, keep it super simple. It's that's their full swing right there in a nutshell. So is this with a driver or with an iron? It could bo- be with both. But when I teach a full swing, I start with an iron. It's easier to see it with the iron. You know, the toe is up, popping the T, right. and then they're following through on their toe. They're back. Pop the T. So as if there's a T, like on a par three, you're using a T and you're, you're, you're extracting the T from mm-hmm. the ground? Because most often times people miss the ball, top the ball, or they'll grip it tight. And I'm like, if I have them focus on popping the T – out of the ground, then they make contact. I said, if you pop the tee, the ball will go up. Yeah. I see that with the high handicappers too. They try to lift. Try to help it. Yeah. Yeah. They try to help it up. They'll have a wedge and they'll, you know, they have to hit it high to get it over something. And you can see them kind of lift up. And of course, you know, the irony is the the more you hit down on it, the higher it goes. (laughs) 
I know. I, I like to hit it up. You got to hit down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, yeah. I see the opposite. Yeah. Um, you got to get down to get up. You sounds know, like a song. Uh, yes, yes, it does. Let's all get down <laughs> to get up. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I'm guilty of that too. Occasionally, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll have a tree. I'll put myself in a bad position, and I'll have to get over a tree. And I said, okay, I've got a wedge here, and okay, Joe, don't help it up. Just hit down, stay down. And, you know, and, and yeah, stay down and, and commit. There's another problem that I have is sometimes I, I don't commit to it. You know, I say, okay, I think I got this shot. And then I mm. you know, loosen my grip and I open the face and you've got to stay focused. No doubt. Don't. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Toe, toe, T toe. You got oh, it. Cool. One of my friends, Rob LeBritz, who's on the Champions Tour, he's from Connecticut. He's from Sullington. He he gave me the 30-second rule where he, he's he got 30 seconds. From the time he, the caddy hands him the club, he's got 30 seconds to line up, take the shot, and start walking. Anything between there, he could do whatever he wants. Says hi to the crowd, tells jokes, stays focused. But for those 30 seconds, he's focused. He calls it the 30 seconds. I like it. Pretty good, it right? It is good. Because there's a lot of kind of walking around in golf, and there's a lot of stuff that you don't, you know, you have no control of. After you hit that ball, it's it's done. There's nothing you could do. Right. Right. I try to focus on that. And uh, one of your videos, um, it talked about pre-shot routine. Do you do you teach that to your I students? I do. Yeah. And um, as a yoga for golfers instructor. I talk a lot about breathing and that should be part of your pre-shot routine because you know how you were saying the 30 second rule of trying to keep focus when you focus on your breath, you're not thinking about anything else. And it really, I mean, I, I, I do it. I mean, I just, I started teaching this two, well, three years now, I think. And I started incorporating, not that I play often, I play three, four times a year, but just incorporating that, taking, I, I take two deep breaths from the time I put my hands on the club to the time I finish. And actually, no, I'll take that back. Two breaths from the time I place my hands on the club till I'm about to hit the ball. Now breath meaning a full inhale. Exhale. Full inhale. So I'm taking my grip, taking a big inhale. I'm looking at my target behind the ball down the line, and I'm stepping into it, visualizing where I want to land the ball, place the club down. I'm exhaling, take my stance, get my balance, take another inhale as I'm kind of settling down, and then a long exhale. Once all that breath has left my lungs, that's when I start my swing. I don't think about my breath anymore after that. But with those two breaths, it, I'm zoning in. I'm I'm releasing all the tension from my shoulders, my hands. I'm focusing on my target. It's it's it works, and I mean it's coming out more now that a lot of the PGA Tour players, the LPGA Tour, they're all they all have some type of breathing technique. It it really works. I mean. Because everyone thinks so much when they're standing over that ball and then they tense up. So if you take that breath, and I've been telling a lot of my new golfers, just take one breath. It doesn't have to be obnoxious. Just 
you could see their shoulders drop, their hands relax, and then they go. And in through the nose, out through the yes. mouth? Yes. You're never, in, you're never taking in through the mouth. That's a mouth breather. Uh, it's a, it's a kind of a... That's what we learn in yoga. You're a yoga instructor. We learn it's in through the nose, out through the mouth. Yeah, out through the mouth a little bit. Just relax the jaw, the neck. Want to try it? Are you going to try it? Doing it as you speak. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're already... <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And, I mean, of course, women are more apt to try it than men, but... I, I don't because yoga yoga has a bad stigma I think so when I say yoga for golfers I'm like it's just stretching it's we're stretching you know it's golf specific your joints your muscles um but I, I had a I had this one student a male golfer he's like uh maybe a seven or eight handicap and just that little tip alone, and he really liked it for his short game, like chipping and putting. It really just brought him in, and he stroked the ball so much better. It helped with his tempo. Mm. And he broke 80 like six or seven times this year, and he was so ecstatic. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I remember. It is, and it's so simple, right. and it's free. And, uh... <laughs> I remember one particular incident playing with a buddy and we were playing in a match and he was my partner and it was a par five and he was taking his, you know, second shot. And it was important because, you know, you know, they had put some pressure on us and, you know, he lined up and, he, and Marissa, he was gripping that club. So you could see the veins in his forearms. And at one point I could tell he stopped breathing and he was just, so I said, Eric, stop. And he looked up at me and he was like scared. I said, just take a step back and breathe a little bit. Will you, you just, let's just breathe. He was like putting so much pressure on him and he was gripping way too hard. And you know, this is what you mentioned before. These are former athletes that play contact, right. sports, play team sports. They think that they can kind of physical into it. They think that they can, you know, you know, kind of make up for a bad shot by kind of pressing a little bit more physically. And that's not the case. Perhaps it's just the opposite. It is the opposite. That's why some people drink. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, just something simple like that. The ladies love it. So you take as soon as you, okay, so you know what club you're going to use. So say it's a seven iron. You grab the seven iron, you grip, and you start the breathing routine. Correct. I'm standing behind the ball with my seven iron in my hand. So I take And you're thinking a shot shape? For me, I'm pick. I'm envisioning. I'm I'm picking a spot in the fairway where it's going to land, or where it's gonna where it's going to land, regardless of how it gets there. So that's where it's going to get there. I say, you're behind it. You're holding the iron up, and you start your breathing in and out. You see where it's going to land, then you step up to the side of it and next. Correct. That sounds way too easy, Marissa. That sounds way. That sounds great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> One of your videos was so cool. You were like, uh, you were inside and you said, you know, usually when people practice swing, it's so much more fluid because that pesky little ball is not in the way. And, uh, you know, and plus if you're inside, you're not thinking about results. You know, your, 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 yeah. Your the results. outcome. Results. Just looking at the swing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, uh, and it's so true. I see, and I'm guilty of it myself, but I see people take two or three practice cuts and they're nice and fluid, a nice finish to the ear, you know, taking it back. And, and then they get up there and it's like chopping it some grass, you know, like, um, <laughs> it's, all of a sudden it's, it's, uh, yeah. Let's talk more about yoga in, in, in this, because I used, I used to do a lot of yoga and I don't do it anymore, but I, I want to revisit it. <clears throat> Taking a little bit of jujitsu, which still, you know, needs discipline and breathing and what you're doing. So, have were you always been into yoga? No, I just um, so maybe three or four years ago, I set some personal goals for myself to um, get certified in in you know different areas, and um, I wanted uh, I wanted to include a, a fitness segment or like I wanted to, to, you know, test that, that field and incorporate it into my teaching. Like, so TPI was on my radar and then I don't know, I was just doing a little research and Catherine Roberts, who's based in Arizona, she popped up and I was reading her program. I mean, she's, she's amazing. She, um, not just golf, but she trains baseball players, just all about movement and, I liked her style because I, I felt like it, it would complement my teaching, the way I teach, just really simple, um, effective. It's so when I read about that, that's when I started. That's when I started yoga. I, I mean, I, I was getting certified, but I was doing it myself. And I'm like, these, the benefits are like, everyone should do it. <laughs> it just made sense. Um, you know, being relaxed, because that's what I, I think I always stressed always when I've been teaching over the years is you, you got to be relaxed. Tension cripples the swing. And how do we get relaxed? And I think that that stretching and the breathing, it it works, goes hand in hand. You, you mentioned an acronym TPI. I'm not familiar. Um, Titleist Performance Institute. They um, They have a program where um, lots of training, like they'll assess you, um, just to see physically where you may have imbalances or where you're struggling, you know, maybe you're, you're not getting a full range of motion and then they prescribe different, um, stretches and drills, almost similar, but not quite. <laughs> yeah. And do you actually conduct yoga lessons there at, at Lemon Orchards? I do. I now that's that's the best thing. I'm teaching the class on the golf course. Are you, you're familiar with Lemon Orchards? Very much. I mean, well, oh, okay. The eleventh tee on the player. Eleventh tee on the player. Okay. Uh, ten. Yes. Ten. Eleven. Yes. I know where that is. Highest point on the course. Apple Orchards yes. to the left. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful sight. Yeah. We're on the, the back tea box, yoga mats all spread out, um, Saturday mornings. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. Golfers driving by, they're like, what's going on over here? <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, you're in outside. You're hearing the birds and the, the breeze, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And there's no danger of getting hit. No, nope, we're behind the golfers. <laughs> You're behind it, yeah. And uh, that is the, that that is a beautiful area. Yeah. That, that, wow. That that really that's a um 
I mean, that really ropes the, the, the students in. They're like, wow. I mean, the, the views are breathtaking. You're not in a yoga studio or like a gym. I mean, you're outdoors. Yeah. It doesn't get better than that. So they're bringing mats and they're not bringing iron. Yeah, they'll bring a golf club. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we hop on the golf carts and we drive up to the 11th tee. And, you know, people, the starters always tease me. They're like, where are you going? Can I join? And I'm like, yeah, come on over. Um, but yeah, we have the yoga mats and then the golf club. We'll do some drills. We'll do some practice swings. Um, we'll use it as a crutch, you know, for balance. And um, I think the best thing about yoga for golfers is at the beginning of class, we do a baseline assessment test. So you can see the results at the end of class, like how much range of motion you've increased um, you know, with your shoulders and your hips and people are blown away with, you know, 45 minutes later, they're like, holy cow, I can rotate so much more. Um, so that obviously translates in the golf swing. I'll have ladies go across the street and start hitting some balls. And they're like, I was warmed up. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you do any sort of stretching yourself? I, I do, but not enough. Jiu-jitsu is kind of, uh, I just started doing it, Marissa, and I, I I haven't found my comfort zone in it. I love the idea that it makes me uncomfortable, and and those uh, that I know say it's lowered their handicap. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, just because of the discipline, but I, I, I want to get back into yoga. I kind of fell, fell away from it. I remember... I remember feeling great rewards from it. I'm in Tampa now for the winter and I just wrote down yoga on another sheet of paper here. I'm going to, I'm going to find, find a place to do that. But I just, you mentioned about seeing benefits. We had a a coach in high school. Um, He was a big man. Let's just say that he was very large. He was overweight and he would get a ladder uh, and go put it under the hoop and he would go step up and he would fit his body in the hoop. He said, look how big this the basketball hoop is. I can fit in it. And for that whole practice, people were barely missing. Like, you know, they're just, they just in their head, oh. the hoop didn't get bigger, but it's just like, it just felt bigger for them because wow, a coach, uh, I don't want to say yeah. that, but people can yeah. figure out based on age. Wow. I didn't realize it was that big, you know, and, uh, it just helped. And so I wonder like similar with this baseline, creating a baseline like that. And when people see that they can get better, uh, just within 45 minutes, that's very rewarding. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, and when I'm working with a student and we're doing some drills and I'm, you know, just simple shoulder drills, I'm like, Oh boy. Like I know right away that how limited they are. And um, they're like, yeah, I'm really tight or my low back. And I, I, after teaching yoga for these few years now, I firmly believe that a lot of students' flaws are due to their physical limitations. Yeah. And I mean, just stretching alone. I mean, breathing too. That just kind of opens everything up here in your chest and your back. Yeah, I wish I could teach more. Because I need it. (laughs) Personally, for me, um, I have a six-year-old son. And when I started teaching, you know, he was a little guy and I'm picking him up a lot. And my back, my low back is just, was crying. And when I started doing yoga, 
that low back pain went away. It really, it was like amazing. And it's not just stretching. I mean, you're strengthening like your lower body, you're, you know, you're working your core, you know, there, we work some Pilates into it as well. So they get a little sweat involved. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> a lot of my students like at the end of class, I didn't feel like I was really working out, but boy, <laughs> you know, they were sore afterwards. I'm like, that's the best type of workout. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got to manage expectations with it. I was doing hot yoga for How was that? Was, uh, you know, hundred. I mean, it was, you know, it was like 105, 110 degrees in there. And so you were just, you know, dripping <laughs> sweat. You needed a towel. And um, I, I used to do it a few years ago. Uh, and then um, you, you definitely feel, you know, More you feel loose, a lot better. Maybe, yeah. You know? Yeah, you feel loose. And, uh, you know, because you have some of these, you know, players like, you know, Roy, Roy McElroy, who's, you know, not that tall. He's pretty slight and he can just hit it so far. You have, uh, what's her name? Who just, uh, uh, a quarter. Oh. I mean, she's a very, very slight, yes. you know, yes. woman, but just, just the flexibility is incredible, you know? And I think all too often we look at kind of muscle, uh, because the movement for a while with Tiger Woods and everything was like a lot of these guys were going into, you know, doing yeah. weights and certainly nothing yeah. like that. Just be, has to be flexible. Right. Well. Right. Yeah. I have a lot of students, like my younger students, they're doing CrossFit, you know, and they're doing all like the, uh, the Peloton. I'm like, that's all great, but you're, wor you're, you're working, especially the Peloton biking and all that. You're only working your in one plane of motion. If you're a runner or walker, your hips are, are, and we all sit so much. I'm like, no. <laughs> and golf, we need to be able to internally and externally rotate those hips to really generate a lot of power. And I, I use Rory, I use Tiger because boy, when you see those pictures, those still frames, they're ro they're winding up and then their hips, they separate, mm -hmm. you know, their, their shoulders and their hips, they're like, it's amazing. Their hips are gone. Their hip, their shoulders are back here, but a lot of people can't can't separate their hips because they're so tight, or they got weak glutes, and yeah. How do you stop the slide, Marissa? How do you stop the slide? <laughs> you gotta you gotta work on those hips. <laughs> you know that when we tend to sway, our hips are tight. They can't rotate. There's some great stretches. Mm. Did you see my latest one? The window washers. No, I didn't see the window washers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, you know, I'm thinking about teaching a class or two down in Connecticut through the winter in Durham. You'll have to pop in. Very yeah. Cool. Because I, I do teach it in the winter via zoom, which is great, but a lot of students like in person so I can spot check them and in mm. person is more fun anyways. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, my hips don't lie, you know, they, they, they need to be looser, but uh, so tell me about the window washer. <laughs> the wheels in the bus go round and round. <laughs> oh boy. All right, so I do this in bed before I, I, well, when I wake up in the morning, I do this before I, I leave the bed. Make sure mm. that my husband's out of the bed first. So I'm not, you know. Okay. So you're laying on your back. You have your knees bent, feet together, 
bring your heels super close to your glutes or your rear end as much as you can. Some people can't do even do that. And then take a super wide step to the right with your leg and right leg and then super wide step to the left. So your knees are bent. They're spread apart. Arms can just be perpendicular to your body. You're going to take a big inhale. And then as you exhale, you drop your knees to the right. And then inhale back to center. And then exhale, drop your knees to the left. Low back, hips, quads. So good. I love how you incorporate the breathing pattern. Yeah, that's important because if you're not breathing, yeah. some of my students, they don't even realize they're holding their breath. And that's just like working out. You're not supposed to like, <laughs> you know, you got to exhale to get the maximum, you know, benefits. You get so much more out of it when you're exhaling on, on you know, one direction or the other. Hmm. When you're working with a student and uh, uh, it's obvious that exercise is needed, perhaps they're you know not in the best shape they'd like to be. I mean, it must be difficult to kind of work around that. Yes and no. Mm. I mean, I would hope that they know what I mean, <laughs> what your limitations are. If you want more, you you, right. you got to put the work into it. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'll, I'll help them the best I can, you know, modifications, everyone has, you know, maybe a bad hip or a bad knee, bad back, <laughs> Right. gotta work around it. Let's talk about kind of false expectations, you know, so I would, th I'm just thinking here in that particular case, they're just out there to have a good time and. You know, and, and uh, I mean, if somebody was to say, look, I want to be on the tour and you can just tell they're, you know, they're, they're miles away. I'm sure this happens. Or, you know, the parents, which is a whole other issue, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what what do you do? With, how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, luckily, I teach 95 percent women. <laughs> um yeah, I, I mean, I used to teach juniors, but now the, the women's program at Lyman is just so large that I don't have time. So I just focus on the women, the new golfers. Um, we have instructors that teach our juniors, pro, all the juniors at Lyman. I hear the stories, though, about the parents and how, you know, they're out there. They have the next Tiger Woods. And I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't envy them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, with women, I mean, I guess, yeah, I'll have the occasional student that, oh, you know, I want to, I want to shoot 70 and they're shooting a hundred or whatever. I'm like, well, you're not going to get there that quickly. I mean, it all depends on them. People, um, I think it all boils down to, I, I always ask, how often are you practicing and how often are you playing? That, that question right there tells me a lot. And then they're like, well, mm, once every other week. I'm like, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, with anything, you know, anything that you, you learn, a new hobby, you, you got to put the time in. And I, and it's, it's, I have, um, I'm finishing up my season pretty much in the next week. And it kind of breaks, not breaks my heart, but I'm like worried because all these women that are learning this fall, 
I hope they stick with it. I'm like, I'm trying to tell them you got to stick with it. I mean, when I was growing up, yes, this time of year, I'd put my clubs in the garage and see them again in March. But now there's just so many opportunities. They can practice, they can play virtual golf. There's ranges that you can hit outdoors with the heaters. Um, we offer indoor lessons and classes at Wyman now with three simulators. I'm like, keep it going. Keep the momentum going because if you don't do anything this winter, you're going to be starting all over again in the spring. And the, I, I think, I think it, they understand that. Sure. Are they are they former athletes? Do they understand kind of the commitment to get good at a sport? Some of them do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And those, those are the, the ones I'm like, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the ones that, you know, uh, I'm a, a member at Wallingford country club and, um, you know, I see some of the women there are just kind of the wives of golfers and they're just kind of doing it because their husband does. I'm not, I don't know for sure, but there's others that are fully committed. We have some that are just, you know, you know, love the, the, the forwardness of the, of the sport and they want, they want it to grow. And, uh, is it different teaching women than men overall? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I, if I were to put, I mean, I've heard from my students that it's very different taking lessons from a woman versus a male. Ah. I mean, they, I'm not knocking the men. I mean, there's a lot of great, I, I, my colleagues are great. Um, but it's just something about a woman that, you know, they just feel more comfortable. They're more relatable. I can talk about the chest where guys can't. What do I do with these? Well, right. <laughs> they're just like, we can be more real, I guess, with each other versus, you know, different. My instructor's a woman and she's, she's great. And uh, I, I've taken from men, but my one I have now is a woman and it's, it's wonderful. The, the, what, what I see sometimes with, with some of the, some of the women, some of the wives that they're taking advice from their husband, who's like a really high handicap and, you know, and <laughs> my disclaimer, my disclaimer, first day in class from this day forward, do not listen to your husbands, your spouses, your friends, your family. And they all laugh, but they all know there. I mean, some of their husbands sent them there. They're like, I can't teach you. <laughs> Or they, they're, they're telling, they're filling their heads with so much information. Keep your left arm straight. Right. Uh, keep your head down. I'm like, no, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Don't listen to yeah. when, when, when I hear that, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm very fortunate. I get to play a lot. I'm currently at about a, you know, 4.6. Nice. And I get to I get to play with some friends, and when I travel, I play with some friends that are a little bit higher handicapped, and they're they're, they're always asking me for advice. And I just I say, look, I just respect those teachers too much for me to give you advice. I know what I do wrong, mm. typically, and and I can and I can kind of work around it. But if, I just I I'd be afraid to give you wrong advice, and and I get slack from it. It's like Joe, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? I said, well, the first thing is you're asking me and not an instructor. You know, yeah. so I try to slide my way out. Yeah. Of it. You know, 
just, 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 just you're a good golfer. Just sw- hit the ball, man. Just hit the ball. Let's, let, you know, I, I, what am I going to say? Lower your shoulder and all this. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I tend to hit a little, I hit a low ball. So then, you know, that means I do certain things on my lineup and they don't. So how can I possibly give advice? It's a tough predicament. You try to be, try to be good. Yeah. About it. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just, I've had enough instruction and generally the instruction that I get is, you know, what, what, what bad habits have you started, Joe, that I need to break? You know, that's, I don't hear that, but I know that's what they're thinking, you know, and and so, and and they'll take video and they'll say, Hey, what, what's this right here? I said, I don't know. know. What is that? (laughs) You know? And so then you have to, you know, you have to move forward, but, and here's another bad thing I do. And you're not going to like this, Marissa, but when, when people don't haven't played golf, and they ask me about it. I generally talk them out of it. I don't know why. I said, look, this is what's going to happen. You're going to play and you're going to love it. And you're going to be upset because you missed a putt and you're not going to sleep at night. And then you're going to be blaming me. <laughs> so, th- so just don't do it. You know? So I almost, I'm almost teasing them. I'm almost saying, look, <laughs> if you're good enough, then you'll do it. And then you won't bother me about it. But it's just it, because, you know, it's such a great sport. It's so addictive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you, I, I, you know, I had six birdies, but I made that one double bogey. And it's the only thing I'm thinking about. It It is. It it really is. It it really is. In the podcast, we talk a lot about discipline. So I lost a lot of weight, you know, uh, when I started my business back in the nineties and, uh, wasn't paying attention to myself, got a lot of weight. The doctor said to me, look, if you don't, lose the weight. You're going to not see your daughter graduate. You know, I was pre-diabetic. I was pre-hypertensive. So that's all I needed to hear. So I started doing a lot of exercising, a lot of yoga, a lot of crossing. Yeah. I lost 130 pounds. So people ask me, how did I lose it? Like there's some magic yeah. way. And I just say, just discipline. I just got focused and discipline. I had to come to Jesus moment. I wonder how discipline plays a role in your life, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> a big role. I mean, we I can relate to you. Yeah. Like you look great by the way. Oh. No, you really you look good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I got to get all ready bashful. Discipline. Discipline. <laughs> Try and change the subject. Discipline. Well, I don't think I'd be here today if I wasn't disciplined. Yeah. I mean, I have to go way back and give my parents the credit. My goodness. They were, I'm the oldest of four and they, me being the oldest girl, <laughs> they were pretty hard on me. Um, but they instilled a really hard, like they instilled a great work ethic. Um, and that just carried out through my entire life. I mean, I, I, you know, I have a great work ethic. I take pride in what I do. I'm, you know, I'm responsible. And I think it's just helped me be successful. You know, I, I care. I care about what I do. And I care about people. Um, when it comes to golf, um, I mean, I've been in the golf business for, I can't believe I, I say this, 28 years. I'm only 29. Oh, so you I'm only 29. You so I don't know what that means. But, um, no, so being in the business that long, I've done it all. And I'm proud to say that because then I I really found my true calling, which was teaching. 
Um, you know, the managing, that was all great. Um, and being a greenskeeper, cutting grass, learning about, you know, all that. But teaching in my all my jobs, I only did a little bit of it. And that's what really made me happy. I mean, I got such a high from teaching. I mean, it's so rewarding seeing my students like, you know, they have this aha moment and they're just so excited. So I was lucky when I found this job 10 years ago at Lyman that was just full-time teaching. And I pretty much, I mean, I wasn't busy my first couple of years, but mm. I built, I built it up over time and it was easy. I mean, I, I'm fortunate that the facility itself is just so large that I can, I can grow and offer so many different types of programs. Um, but I, yeah, I mean the facility and I really, yeah, I care so much and everyone says, you know, I'm just so passionate and that's just, it's infectious. So. <laughs> you tell a great story about how your father was a golfer yes. and you said to him, I want to play golf. And he got excited. Oh, he wasn't going to uh, teach me. Right. And I've heard this story from other women about my age and, Oh yeah, I had brothers. They 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 played with him, and they're like, "No, you're you're gonna go whatever." <laughs> and I, because I kind of grew up running around on the golf course with my grandfather and father, I loved what I saw. I'm like, I want to try that. So then, yeah, he took me under his wing, taught me everything he knew, and got me lessons. Once he couldn't teach me anymore, um, but yeah, I competed junior golf and high school golf, college golf, but growing up, I didn't really have a lot of girls to play with, which it was what it, I mean, it is what it is. Mm. But again, maybe that made me a better player too, because I had to work harder and um, I focused on my short game versus my long game. Cause I couldn't hit it far as the guys. I had a really, I have a really good short game. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That's, that's my story. And uh, you tell another story how you would have to play in, in male tournaments and you had to travel in a, in a van and your mother wouldn't let you go. So she drove along with you and, you know, just the, the life of a female golfer. Oh, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> no, it was all good. She loved the traveling. Oh my goodness. I took her everywhere. She absolutely, she absolutely loved it. But <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So a as a child during this, when you're asking to play golf and you're being been around it for so long, did I wonder, and you, you have to be like in a male dominated sport. I mean, did you consider yourself? To, I'm a pretty disciplined person to do this. Did it ever come up in your mind? That what? What? That you're a disciplined person. To, to do this, to be in an environment that's not really female friendly. That's yeah. it never came up. You just did. Yeah. It. I just, no, I never thought of it that way. I just, I just did it. I loved it. And hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's so bizarre. I know. I know. Like it'll come up now in conversations. And I went to the, this Connecticut women's hall of fame dinner last night and they were celebrating title nine 50th anniversary and that really, like, made me think. I mean, it was just amazing to see the women that they, they inducted. Jen Rosati. Oh, my gosh. I always loved yeah. her. Um, Susie Whaley, of course. Um, women that just, and I'm like, 
I guess you know, it made me think 30 years ago is when I was like, you know what? It's a boys high school team. They don't have a girls team. And my parents were like, you know, you try out, you got to work hard because they, they weren't going to give me any easy way out. They weren't going to, you know, be lenient. Like, Oh, you can play the red tees. I had to play from where they played and I made it. And yeah, just keep trudging along, (laughs) keep plugging along. I had to do that in college as well. And, um, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's just don't realize it, it is, it's harder. It's harder for women to, you know, get far. Yeah. I have daughters and, um, I played soccer all my life. I only started playing golf about 20 years ago, but I would send them to the, you know, to the, kind of the week classes there, uh, you know, for golf. And they liked it in the beginning, but then it got to a certain point where they didn't want to do it anymore. And I said, okay, you know, I'm not one of those, uh, one of those kind of parents, but I, I couldn't help, but think boy, title nine would be really nice. You know, if they had, if they know how to hit a golf ball in school, you know, and they can, you know, uh, but you know, it, it didn't happen, but they're very happy now and they're off in college and, uh, I love them dearly. And, uh, if you're worrying, don't worry. They look like their mother. But the other thing is, um, <laughs> The first opportunity about Lyman Orchards is that you went down there and it's like an hour drive for you, if I'm not mistaken. And you didn't even, you know, had no idea. And then just teaching bug just bit you and and you haven't looked back. Yeah. And I mean, I was so nervous because being from Western Mass, I don't know if you're familiar with the Western Mass area outside of Springfield. It's pretty small, the community. And honestly, I've probably worked at, maybe 10 places. And I've just exhausted all my options here. I mean, I've carried every position. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I saw that pop up and I know that I love teaching. And so I, and I was worried because no one knew me down there. I'm like, I, no one knows me. I mean, from Western Mass, I had a, people were following me since I was a kid. And, but I mean, I mean, it, whatever. I didn't care. I had to give it a try, give it a shot. I love the facility. Um, I mean, it was something that you would see down South. I was like, wow, this place is beautiful. Right. I mean, wow. I mean, so yeah, it was just, it was fun. It was fun. It was it kind of, I, I grew with the program and the women would just keep coming back. What do we do next, Marissa? What, what's next? Like, okay, you want more? So I created another class and yeah. eventually word just kept going around and and there really aren't many facilities around that have female professionals or a women's program at all. I mean, we have people, it's great traveling from Stratford or Milford, traveling from my area, Long Meadow. It's like they'll they'll travel because there's nothing around their area and they hear good things. So I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud of the, the program. You've done great work. You continue to, and you, you've, you've established a huge, huge name. Marissa Kulikrow, what motivates you? My students. Hmm, that was a quick answer. They do. That's why, that's why I go to work. I mean, they, they, they light the fire under me. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. My students. And you could see their, their improvement. You could see them getting happier. You see their passion of the sport growing. That's most rewarding. 
And I think that's why, you know, I've stuck with it. You know, the hour, I mean, <laughs> the hour plus drive, I, I just don't have anything like that here in Massachusetts. So it's worth it. It's so worth it. And I mean, it just continues to grow. And I mean, how could I leave that? <laughs> right. Right. Well, you catch up on your books, uh, you know, audio books and podcasts. And <laughs> I guess that's the other way. Serious XM is awesome. <laughs> how do you uh, measure success? How do I measure success? By numbers. Hmm. I mean, I... I I know my numbers. How many students have, have graduated? How many students have taken classes? Each year, it's just grown, grown, grown. Um, it's, it's, I don't have the final tally yet, but I think, I think it's between 1,500 and 1,600 this year. And I remember um, my third or fourth year there, I had maybe 350 ladies, and I would go down to a teaching conference down in Virginia, and they were like, wow. 350 women. What are you doing there? And I would never have thought seven years later that 1500 ladies. It's just, it's remarkable. I, I would love to hit 2000. That's my goal. 2000. And it's not even a full season. It's March to October. <laughs> exactly right. Marissa, thank you so much for your time. This was so great. I, I've known you for a long time from afar, and uh, I asked you to come on, and you accepted, and this has been wonderful. Uh, when I come back up in the spring, I'm going to attend one of the yoga classes on number 11. Please. Yeah. I took a nice <laughs> I'll send you some class recordings. You can try some of the stretches. Very, very yes. cool. Thank you again. Thank you for having Have a me. great off season. It was wonderful. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you in the spring. You be Same well. here. Thanks you again. too. Take care. Thank you for listening and or viewing Joey Pinn's Discipline Conversations. Please share this episode with one or two of your friends who you think may benefit from the episode. Our website, www.joeypins.com. There you find lots of resources and you could join our mailing list. Please follow us on all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Podcast information, the video version of our podcast is on YouTube. Please subscribe. Audio is on all major podcasting platforms. Please follow them. And if you like it, please consider giving five-star rating. Would really appreciate that. Would you like to financially support the podcast? You can go to our Patreon site. Consider $5, 10 or $20 a month. There's all kind of plans that we have there. There's like a one-time payment. What is this podcast episode worth to you? $25, $50, $100, $500, $1,000, $5,000. You be the judge. You can go to our PayPal account to do that as well. Thank you again for listening or watching Joey Pinn's Discipline Conversation.